Welcome everyone to another edition of Night Court. I'm Rob Fisher. Brevin Knight is alongside. We're doing this every other day now, Brevin. I don't think I have to tell people who we are. No, I think they know that you are the sideline voice of the Grizzlies. You are the pre-halftime post-game show host. You're on Grind City Media at the Fish Nation on Twitter. I'm at Brevin Knight22 on Twitter. You go from there. And the show is at Night Court 22 on Twitter. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for tuning in. We apologize for the technical difficulties we had in the last show, but glad we were able to correct those uh, in time. Uh, so hopefully most of you were able to listen. But we are back getting ready for game number three, Grizzlies and the Warriors. And we still have another. We still have a lot of time, but we've got news. Dylan Brooks suspended for a game. Uh Draymond Green fined for saluting the fans. Gary Payton, the second, he is done for the series, it looks like. Uh, is He has a fractured elbow and ligament damage in his elbow. Steven Adams is coming back for the Grizzlies. Desmond Bain looks hobbled. There's a lot to tackle. Man, that you... You went through a whole lot right there, partner. That, that, that was, that's a lot of stuff to tackle and a lot of things that will impact this series as it goes forward. All right, game two. John Morant, man. That was uh, that was some kind of spectacular. We've seen special performances from him, but on this stage, in that environment, against that team, that's as good as we've ever seen. As you just went, which was speechless, <laughs> is how we all left the arena with his performance. I mean... You're down 1-0. Your back is against the wall. Dylan Brooks has been kicked out of the game. Jaron Jackson Jr. is in foul trouble. He's now fouled out of the basketball game. Didn't make a shot after the first quarter. And you're playing against the trio that has been as successful as anyone with them being together in the Warriors. And John Morant in the fourth quarter only gives you 18 and 15 in the last 15 for the Grizzlies. It was his greatest Grizzlies, it was his greatest professional performance to date. And it had everything to do with what was on the line. The Grizzlies could not go back 0-2 to San Francisco and think you were gonna be able to win four or five and beat this type of team. So they had to have a miraculous performance. And he put forth what was not miraculous because that means he wasn't prepared for it. He put forth a yeoman's effort in getting this Grizzlies team over the hump in that fourth quarter. He was absolutely spectacular. And I say what made it spectacular was the degree of difficulty of the shots, and they knew every time he was coming. Mm -hmm. And they never stopped him. He only shot one three in that stretch. Everything else was go to the basket, and they couldn't slow him down. And at times, the Grizzlies' offense was standing still. And it was pretty much, he had to. I mean, because there was a lot of talk after game one about the volume of shots, 31 shots. Is that too many for Ja? And my response to that always is, I think the game presents itself. And it, it, it depends on what the game's dictating. I think in game two, he needed to take 31 shots. For the Grizzlies to win, Ja had to take those 31 shots and have the performance that he did. They needed every bit of it. And, and I don't think it was... 
I think the Grizzlies are better if Jaws not shooting thirty one times, but that means because other guys are getting open and other guys yes. are knocking down shots. And that means that means that that the reason why he's not having to take thirty one right, is but exactly this game dictated him to take thirty one. Game shots. one dictated. Yes, it Dylan did. Brooks did, wasn't right. on. Desmond Bain wasn't on in right. game one. Jaron and Ja had to shoulder the load to give them a chance to win in game one. Game two, there was no Dylan. Desmond is hobbled. Jaron's in foul trouble. He almost had to take 40 shots to help the Grizzlies win that basketball game. It was what was necessary. He has never been a selfish basketball player. He has always just given this team what they've needed, when they've needed it. They needed a superstar performance. He provided it. It was pretty amazing and uh, awesome, awesome game. You mentioned it, uh, you know, his best individual performance. I think... I was asked this question on radio today, and my answer was very quick and very direct without thinking. Best Grizzlies playoff performance in organization's history, period. Yeah. With the, the, again, with what the gravity of the game and then the circumstances of the team. It's a combination of the two. Yeah. How big it was in terms of when having to win the game, but also the players that he had and didn't have. That was on the floor yep. at that time for us to win. <laughs> so that, to me, it was it was it was an unbelievable individual, and it was aided by others. I thought De'Anthony Melton was was great. Brandon Clark efficient again. What what else could we expect? And how about from him? you're wearing the hat? Says the tree. How about the man from Stanford, Zaire Williams? Well, I wanted to get everybody else before I, I, know. I started to really expound I know. On, on what Zaire did. Coming back from injury again. And when coming back from injury, being not just ready to play, but being ready to exceed anybody's expectation of what he was going to give you on that night. And in a game where, again, you're down players, you have guys that are hurt, you need someone else to give you also production in terms of points. The other guys gave you production in terms of making winning plays. Mm-hmm. But you needed baskets. And he gave, he provided huge, timely baskets. The two threes that he hit back-to-back when it looked like the Grizzlies were going to be dead in the water, the Warriors are going to now take control of the game and keep extending their lead. The two threes that he hit not only calmed down the Grizzlies, I think it also put at ease the fans because we were there in the arena at that time you're also around the fans so you could hear the murmurs you could hear the oh but that changed it and so to be a rookie to be coming back from injury against this team and just like John Morant with what the circumstances were his individual performance I think was as important not as important John Morant's was because game winning (laughs) But in terms of being able to give the opportunity yeah. for John Morant to do what he did, he was as important as anyone. Yeah, I, I thought one of the things that stuck out for me on Zaire Williams and his performance was looking down on the floor, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, Zaire Williams is guarding Steph Curry in yeah. the fourth quarter of a playoff game in his rookie season. Who would have guessed that at the beginning of the year. Not me. Nobody. And, and, and y'all know how much I love Stanford. Yeah. And watched it. And, and when we got him, I, when we, we got here, I said, so wait and see. Everybody said, well, he's, he's going to be great. I said, I, I really don't know. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see him play enough. But they believe in him. I'm, I'm, we'll wait Man, and see. All that experience in the regular season. Was perfect. 
everything that happened with all of the COVID situation, with him going down with the ankle injury, being out for the month, to be able to learn and watch the game and see where he could affect it and then come back and do more. Before he got hurt, it was more standstill jump shooting. Mm -hmm. When he came back from injury, it was off the dribble, playing and picking rolls. It was mid-range. He did everything when he came back and still is knocked down the long-range shot. So I, he has been uh, such a bright spot and another feather in the cap for this Grizzlies front office. And then there was the Dylan Brooks flagrant two less than three minutes into the game. Uh, he's ejected from the game. He's now suspended for game three. Uh, and it affects Golden State uh, because of the injury to Gary Payton Jr. Uh, he's going to be out with fractured elbow. Um, okay, first, first the foul. Uh, the foul and the penalty and uh, the suspension. I think uh, the foul, it was vicious. It was flagrant. Um, he got he got the flagrant too. I think he deserved it. Uh, I think uh, the one game suspension's deserving. Not shocking. Uh, we're gonna miss him for game three, and uh, we'll see him in game four. That's that's pretty much my take on it. I don't think there's any more than that. Well, for me, my take is first and foremost. Uh, GP two. Hopefully, yeah, he he he's yes. able to to yes. come back from this and, and that was be, awful. be even better because I. I of course, you want the Grizzlies to win the series, but you never want it to be. You never want something uh, to to be at the expense of someone's health. And, yes. And and so that's that that first. Secondly, I'm with you. The 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 foul deemed a flagrant two. The precedent was already set with the Grayson Allen Alex Caruso mm -hmm. foul situation. That when it when it results in injury, there will the there will be or there at least can be the option for something further happening to the person that created the foul and created the injury. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wasn't surprised at, at Dylan's one game suspension. At the end of the day, the Warriors still will get the short end of the stick. Yeah. Because they're going to lose a guy that for this series was, was big to them in terms of defensively with John Moran. He was, he was a guy that was a perfect matchup for him. Um, and so this hurts them in terms of depth. They have to go one person deeper, or they're going to have to ask a non-defensive player to have to now defensively take more of a hand. And so uh, for the Grizzlies, they're going to definitely miss Dylan in, in game three. The, the, I guess the only silver lining is that they played so many games without Dylan, and they have Zaire that came back. If Zaire still would have been out and Dylan was out, now it really – really cripples mm -hmm. the Grizzlies, but at least that's there. Um, but you'll miss his leadership, his shot making, his physicality on, on the game on both ends of the floor. And I thought defensively in game one, he did a great job with Steph Curry uh, in terms of not allowing him to find a great rhythm. And so uh, unfortunate um, with GP2, unfortunate for the Warriors with what's going to happen with their team, unfortunate for the Grizzlies that they'll miss a big piece for, for one game. Um, and now we, you just you move on from here. Yeah, and, and my thing is too. I I think for people who are having the discussion that because because well this is funny because Peyton fell wrong, which which oh, is oh, at, okay yeah fall, hey fall right next time guy. I mean really come on 
That's ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous to to have that discussion. I mean, you fall. You fall. And when you uh, fall, your instincts are is to try but to catch. It, the the people who want to have the discussion of it's not fair to penalize Dylan because of it resulted in an injury. Um. You know, you're supposed to suspend based on the harshness of it, and he was going for the ball, and he missed and whacked him in the head. I, I think that's silly because I think in reality, the result of the play, the injury, is a factor, does matter. In game one, if Draymond Green, when he fouled Brandon Clark across the head and grabbed his jersey and pulled him down, if Brandon lands on his face, breaks his nose, his orbital bone, he's out for two games, Draymond would have been suspended for a game. There's right. no doubt in my mind. Exactly. But exactly. it didn't result in an injury. I think that does matter. And and the, as you said, the precedent was set with right. Caruso and Allen. This was a pretty easy call. I, I think it, it, it is cut and dry exactly what happened in that situation. Right. It is exactly the same situation. And so because, that's the only reason why it even came to mind for me was because of that. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, shit, we in danger of him getting suspended because of what happened earlier with that situation. Now, for Golden State, they lose a guy who, you feel. I mean, it's a horrible story. To, uh, it's a great story of him being where he's at right now. And, and as Steve Curry even pointed out, how hard he's worked just to get to this point and how he's found a home and he's become an integral part on a team that's favored to win the NBA championship. It's a great story. Horrible that this happens, and he's now out here on the biggest stage. He's a starter for this team, and he can't play. It's terrible. It's terrible. It hurts the team, too, because he's he's the guy that you'd have guarding Ja Morant. And now he's gone. We know what Ja did. What what What's your plan now if you're Golden State? What do you change now? Because well, this is a big change. Well, I, I think they're, they're the, the change is – Guys have to step up defensively in different ways. But also I think the change is we see more of Kaminga playing. They, they have tinkered with it in games one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see, we'll see him playing more alongside Draymond Green. And then now you play a Clay Thompson, maybe a Jordan Poole if you want. Or we even start to see more we saw in game two we didn't see in game one was Damian Lee. Yeah, we saw him in Game Two, and so you said, and they still have Toscano Anderson, who's on the bench, who hasn't played, who played throughout the year. So they still they have some other wing player options to go to of guys who have played throughout the year, and like I said, played sparingly in Game Two, which which now with with uh, GB two being out, I would expect to see Lee play more minutes, and and, uh, and maybe even see Toscano Anderson. There was also a question on the play. I posed it on Twitter, and it's got quite the reaction. I've seen the other. Yeah, if everybody lay lay off my boy, man. It was just a. It, it was not. It was harmless. I, I'm not what he said. I'm not laying this on all Warriors fans, but man, I I cert- it called out the bad ones. <laughs> all of the bad ones. What these people are saying about my family, BK? It's crazy. That's what I said. A lot of times, people man, they, they take they, they they sometimes you take it just. A little too far. I asked the question. We were watching the game. We had a great view of it. When this happened, the Warriors players, three of them, including Jordan Poole, left the bench. 
left the bench and basically there was until seconds later when Poole was almost to the basket they finally had a coach come out trying to grab the players and he's going hysterical trying to get the players back to the bench and and Poole didn't listen to him but then he finally got Poole and got him back to the bench I'm wondering, should that be reviewed? And that was my question. Would, will that be reviewed as well? Now, the rule is if you're joining or if it's part of an altercation, you're responding to an altercation. But if you're coming off the bench provoking an altercation, because Jaron Jackson clearly is telling Poole to get back, that get back. Right. And the referees are telling the benches to get back. And the get back coach is telling them to get back. Don't tell me he jumped off the bench to check on an injured teammate. He was pissed. Right. He he was definitely pissed. And and, and to me, when, so like is that said, provoking an altercation? Now I don't I don't know I I don't I, the only people I think that could interpret that are the officials who were there in the moment on the floor if they thought they were coming on the floor to provoke an altercation. If they say they weren't, then okay, so be it. Right. No big deal. Right. But I think it needs to be asked of those officials. Oh yeah, because like we when we saw it, the first the thing that I the thing that I said when we saw it was I was like, oh wow, look how far out they are off of the bench, not knowing uh, just strictly off of the bench. What? Why? What did it look like they were doing when they did it? I didn't know. I was just saying that they that he the other players were on the floor. But for me, it was most important was that it was Jordan Poole on the floor and now he's almost to the lane line. Right. On a, and then like you said, now they get them back to the bench. I just my thing was like, wow, what I wonder what is that th- does that constitute anything? Right. In terms of just because Provoking. you left yeah, you left the bench area, not leaving the leaving the bench area. This is whatever the rule may be be provoking, involving yourself, not involving it. Can you do it? No so whatever it's that all about is, semantics. What to, what determines altercation? Exactly. Because so, there there certainly was an incident. Right. Does the flagrant does a flagrant two spark an altercation and or a response from the bench spark an altercation? Or or maybe not. I mean <laughs> maybe maybe it's cut and dry. There was no altercation. So there's no suspension. Right, right. That might be the answer. It might be that simple, but I think it's something that should have at least been discussed and probably, I, I, I'm sure by this time, has been. This is the one thing I can say is, if there is no suspension, I won't be up in arms. No, I, I don't like, expect like, like, there to be one, right. to be honest it, with you. It, right, and if, and if they if they did, then it's like, well, I guess they got two players down. and We, we still go play. The, it's still a very dangerous team that we have to go and beat. Yeah. And that, 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 would be, that would be literally the way that I would feel about if there was any suspension on their side for leaving the bench. And damn y'all, I know the damn rule. Get off my ass. It's just a question. I was I, just wondering that, if it was going to be looked at. Like the, thing, and the, the thing is, it wasn't even a like uh, an aggressive tweet. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was literally just People a question. Mean, you know, for some of you, whoop that trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how we do it. All right, uh, next on the list, Desmond Bain's not right. No. These three days off, hopefully, will do him really well. I think this 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 is the time where you put 
to use all of that expensive equipment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> those 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 uh, highly experienced hands. Uh huh. So if, if you you got a little a little Mr. Miyagi in you, you know, you, mm -hmm. you slap them together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, and, and whatever it takes. Charles Barkley said acupuncture. Hey. And he also said horse tranquilizer. <laughs> we we going to draw the line. We're going to draw the line. <laughs> that's what I always say, man. You, you, say, you take what people say with a grain of salt. That's what, that's, I think that's what they yeah, call Yeah, did he get killed on Twitter for it? Come on. <laughs> you take it with a grain of salt because, jeez. No, nah, but, but um, you, they, they're, they're going to, to need... They're going to need for someone to be able to continue to force the defense to allow lanes for John Morant to drive. But they're all go also going to need for someone for the Warriors' defense to focus on. And a big focus for them would be Bain with his ability to score, but also his ability to use screens. And why I always say the Grizzlies are better in motion sets. He has learned this season how to move well without the ball. But everyone has to be in motion when that's happened. He can't do it by himself. So I thought that was that's one area that we'll see if the Grizzlies can continue to do a better job in is when they get to those half-court sets, will they have better movement that will allow him to be a part of the game? Another guy who, well, first of all, Taylor Jenkins did say Desmond did practice, uh, no contact, good. but that he was feeling well. So that's a good sign. Yes. Steven Adams practiced for the Grizzlies today. In all likelihood, he's available for game three. Yes. I, I think that's the expectation at this point. Won't be on the injured list. He'll be available to go. Uh, he's got a couple of days to practice before the game on Saturday. Um, starts, and does he start? I, I, I would start him. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. I, I mean, I don't. I would start him I, I, because he, he can guard Draymond Green. Yeah. Like, that. that is a matchup that he can do. He is going to have to be active on both ends of the floor. That's the only thing. If he's active on both ends of the floor, it's kind of I say for Jen. If he's active on both ends of the floor, good things are going to happen for the Grizzlies. Same way I say if Jaron is just available, good things will happen for the Grizzlies. Can Jaron be – how does it affect Jaron being on the floor with Steven? Can it help the foul problem? Well, it – it really is. He was guard. He was already guarding Andrew Wiggins in that starting lineup. The, now it just depends on what the Warriors do with their starting lineup now with GP two being out of the lineup. But he's he was fine with uh, Jaron is fine guarding the wings. And again, I always say, if you watch Jaron's fouls, don't come with him defending one on one a lot of times. A lot of his fouls are coming second side second side defender when I'm coming to help and block a shot or help defense or offensive fouls. Right. Those are the two areas. So I really don't mind him with who he has to defend one-on-one. -on -one. And because he is good, he is mobile, he could defend multiple guys if they put Descano Anderson for size. Whoever they play or whatever they do, I don't mind that at all. And he and Steven Adams have played together all year long, so they know how to play together. I just say Steven Adams has to be an offensive weapon around the basket rolling hard and he has to be an extra possession person for the Grizzlies. If there's anything I feel like uh, a statistic I can point out in this series that it could make a difference in the Grizzlies' favor, to me, it's if, if they can win the rebounding battle, I yes. think they win the game. And, yeah. and and not in the fashion that they did in Game 2, where they they really had to... I think they'd win 
I don't want to say comfortably because that sounds like they're blowing them out. But they control the game. Right. I think if they win the rebounding battle, they can be in control of the game, be in position to be leading at the end of the game as opposed to having to come back at the end of the game. I think that could make a huge difference. And, and obviously, Adams, the dude is the franchise's all-time single-season offensive rebounding leader. We're talking about getting more possessions. Grizzlies haven't gotten more possessions in the first two games, yet they're 1-1. But it's still just as important today as it was going into game one. Well, it's, it's so important that it's something that Steve Kerr talks about every time in his, whenever he has his, his pressers or whatever he has to do, he talks about how important possessions are in this series because all year long, the Grizzlies, during the regular season, beat them up on the boards. They've dominated in possessions because they forced turnovers and they got offensive rebounds. The two areas, they started, they did a good job in forcing turnovers. First game, they had their own. Second day, second game, a lot better with the 13 turnovers. But possessions are going to be huge. And if they can get a, a highly active Stephen Adams, then he can most definitely help this team win against this Warriors team. Yeah, and get more possessions. And I, I So I think he starts, yeah. And I, I think he's a big factor in game three as well. All right, so... How, we addressed it a little bit earlier. How does Golden State? How do they attack Ja? How, who who do they have? What is their plan on stopping Ja? Because Taylor Jenkins even said this today. It's very obvious what their plan is, because Ja's not the only one getting wide open looks from three. They, Gri- we, Grizzlies are getting wide open looks from three. We said it on. We said it on uh, on after uh, I think after game one, or maybe we said after game two uh, on. On the postgame show, that they're playing like Milwaukee Bucks defense, where it is we're going to clog the paint and we are going to sacrifice the threes. That's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to clog it as much as possible and we're going to run late and contest threes. And if you make threes, then it's going to make it harder on us, harder on us to win a game. But we think that even with the threes that you're going to make, we can match it because we shoot it that well. It's the only reason why teams that give up threes are comfortable defending that way because they're so confident on their offensive end that they're going to make 15, 16 threes. So if you only make, all you did was match exactly what we're going to do anyway. But they also feel like you're going to have a a harder time shooting those shots, wasting shots with the shot attempts, and now we long rebound and we also run. So they get threes, but they also get inside points and a lot of that is from transition. And so... Uh, I think the Grizz is going to continue to take the rhythms, but they have to do it with attacking the paint and then maybe kicking out. It can't just be pass around the perimeter and let's just cast away the entire night. You don't want to do that because you still have to put some level of pressure on the Warriors on the interior. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the series is going to be great. I still do. I-, I think the first two games are an indication of what we're going to see uh, in this series. I, th- I think the Grizzlies are showing and you know Steve Kerr's mentioned this he's like they were the second best team in the NBA I mean for a reason I think the Grizzlies are showing it and I think the Warriors are showing that they were right there uh as well and if not for some injuries maybe they'd be the second best team in the league this year so uh and I think the series is kind of showing that it's even it's going to be a long series we're going to have these close games it shifts now to San Francisco I don't think the Grizzlies are really intimidated playing anywhere they've been a really good road team over the last couple of years I mean, they had to win their last year in a playing situation. That's right. To even get it, to don't get have to go it back to, far. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's not. It's not as if it's, it's it's something they have to go a long memory or you don't know 
what it's going to take. Granted, there weren't any fans at that point in time, but you still know the team that you're going to play against, the no Clay Thompson, everybody. Yeah, but it, there's still that was still a very prideful yeah. Golden State Warriors team. And so the, the environment, I think that environment, they embrace like most young players do that are good. Mm-hmm. It's young players that are good, right. not just any young player. Young players are good, enjoy what they're going to to experience in, in San Francisco. Draymond got uh, fined. He gave the double salute on his way out of the building. I enjoyed his post-game comments, though, and he said, <laughs> I just got elbowed in the face. I'm bleeding from my eye, and the fans are booing me. I'll go ahead and pay the fine. <laughs> he went on to say, I, I made, I, I'll, I'll go do an appearance and pay uh, that fine. Yeah. And he went on to say, I made $25 million. I'll be all right. I'll be all right, yeah. So good for Draymond. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed the series. I, I was looking forward to this series before it happened, and uh, I can't wait for Game 3. Game 3 is going to be fun, man. Saturday night uh, at the Chase Center in San Francisco. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. I, I just want to see uh, how the Grizzlies handle the Warriors' emotions in that game because that's going to be a riled-up crowd. Yeah, and that is it is going to be a hostile environment. It won't be like uh, Oracle. It won't be like Oracle because they're still Nothing not is, on time. It, it won't be like Oracle. Um, but I don't know how many of these guys even know what Oracle really is. They yeah. don't know. Yeah. They so this will be a brand new experience for them. But it's gonna be it's gonna be loud. It's gonna be hostile. And uh, be that that first quarter, I, I want to see how the Grizzlies respond. In that first quarter, yeah. it, that'll be a a, uh, a a nice sign to themselves uh, of what they can do. Yeah, and I've talked about the mean Warriors fans, and let me tell you something: the meanest of their fans have come out, and uh, I've drawn them out for some reason. But I know they're great Warriors fans. I love going to games there; it's wonderful. I just want to advise you, Grizzlies fans: don't be mean, Grizzlies fans. Be respectful, Grizzlies fans. Talk, hey, troll them, troll them. Yeah. Troll them. Get in their business. But don't get in their business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just, there's a line. Like, yeah, like, don't cross no, the there's, line. There's, there's, there's no need for talks about people's family or. I mean, just keep it to the sport. Just yeah, talk man. about the sport. That, that's all. It, it, that's, it, that's pretty much what it comes Ask down yourself, to. Ask yourself, what would T do? <laughs> <laughs> do what T does. Take it to the line and then just stay there. <laughs> that's it <laughs> alright uh, Saturday I uh, I will be on the games at 730 uh, at 6.30 I will be on the Grizzlies YouTube channel for Grizzlies tip off uh, myself uh, Kelsey Wright Johnson uh, Lang Whitaker, Megan Triplett Michael Wallace will be at Chase Center we'll be Skyping in with him as well so we'll have that pregame show for you that'll last a half hour from 6.30 to 7.00 and then, following the game, immediately following the game, tune into Bally Sports Southeast on television. Myself, Brevin, uh, Pete Pranica, we'll have all the analysis for you. And uh, we'll hear from both coaches. We'll hear from the locker rooms and uh, break down game three and get you set for game four. So that's uh, Saturday on Bally Sports Southeast, right after the conclusion of the broadcast. The Warriors fans, you can hear them. They're chiming in my, on my phone. They're chiming in on my phone. <laughs> they still calling they in. They're still not stopping. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Night Court. Go Grizz! Let's split these two in San Francisco. We will talk to you again after Game 3. For BK, I'm Fish. 
Thanks for tuning in to Night Court. We'll talk to you again here real soon. Peace.